Uh, today's scripture reading is found in the book of Jonah, chapter 1, verse 17 through Jonah, chapter 2, verse 2. Again, that's Jonah, chapter 1, verses 17 through Jonah, chapter 2, verse 2. And it reads, And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me out of the belly of Sheol, I cried, and you heard my voice. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and hearing of his word. Amen. Jonah chapter 1, verse 17, on to Jonah chapter 2 and verse 2. A short passage of scripture, but indeed a very powerful and prayerfully impactful one. Those who, who know me know that I don't like being late. I don't like being late, and as my wife could probably tell you this morning, sometimes I get a little anal about it. I can be fastidious about it for sure, oftentimes to her frustration, but I don't like to be late, I don't like to break appointments, I don't like to cancel meetings. However, as we all know, sometimes circumstances deem that meetings have to be canceled, appointments have to be postponed, sometimes inevitably and it appears to me more times than not, people have to be late. And even though I don't like to break appointments, I will admit that there are some appointments that I wish I could break. At least once a year, my dentist's office calls me and they say, Mr. Carter, uh, we haven't seen you in almost a year, and uh, it's about time that you came in for a checkup and to see the dentist. And I make the appointment, but as the day grows and draws near, I look for every reason under the sun to cancel that early morning appointment. Here's a status update for you, as Pastor Phil would say. You don't break appointments with God. There are some appointments that we may desire to break. There are some appointments that, may, that we may need to break, but you don't break appointments with God. And apparently, like many of us, Jonah forget, forgot to read that memo. He deleted that email before he, he read it, but it was clear. Jonah, you don't break appointments with God. And what Jonah teaches us at many levels is that God keeps his appointments and he has every intention on making sure that we do too. When Jonah begins, remember in, in verse 1, the Bible says that the word of God came to Jonah. And the word that came to Jonah was that, Jonah, you have an appointment. You have an appointment with God in Nineveh. 
get there on time. God wanted to meet Jonah in Nineveh so that God could work a work of redemption and salvation among the Ninevites. But Jonah apparently had other plans. And rather than meet God in Nineveh, Jonah decided that he was going to seek to cancel the appointment. But here's something we need to understand. God's appointments are not invitations. God didn't invite Jonah to meet him in Nineveh. Because God's appointments are not invitation. He, he doesn't invite you to meet him. He commands you to meet him. Meet me in Nineveh, Jonah. Jonah declines. Here what Jonah discovers is what we all need to be reminded of even this morning is that God's appointments are omnipotent and omniscient. And not ours. And when God wants to get something done in and through us and by us, He has the appointed means, He ordains the appointed times, and He brings it to His appointed ends. He has the appointed means. And you see that in our text this morning. You see the appointed means. You know, one of the most remarkable sentences in all the Bible, in the entire scriptures, is this sentence here, and God appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. You contemplate that word for a moment, and it is an amazing revelation. It is a magnificent demonstration of the power and majesty of God. And God appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. Time I think about that, I stand amazed. It's remarkable. It is a testimony to the grandeur of God's ability and, and working in this world and in our lives. It is a monument to his majesty. And God appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. Reminds us, I think, that God has an endless supply of resources at his disposal. And when he decides and when he deems it necessary to use these appointed means that he has, they will often leave us speechless. Because God's appointed means are inexplicable. God uses inexplicable means. Notice that this assigning, this appointment, or this ordaining of this great fish to swallow up Jonah reminds us, at least it should, that we worship a great God whose ways are beyond our explanation. Just think about it this morning. How do you explain 
this great fish swallowing up Jonah. Well, beloved, many have tried and, and all have come up short. I am, I am convinced that Jonah will have, have tried but would have been able, not been able to do it to no avail. Imagine Jonah trying to explain this. Once he gets back on shore, he runs across the captain of the boat and the sailors that were in, in the boat because they were convinced that Jonah had gone to his watery grave. They see Jonah walking again. Jonah, how did you get here? How did you survive the sea? How did you manage to live? And Jonah says, well, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. No, but try me. He said, no, you, 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 you're not going to believe it. He said, no, try me. He said, well, when, I, when you guys threw me overboard, suddenly as I was sinking into the depths of the ocean, this great, huge fish comes along and swallows me up, and I'm in the belly of this fish for three days and three nights, and then suddenly this fish decides that he no longer wants me in the bowels of his body, and therefore he vomits me back up on shore, and here I am talking to you. You're right, Jonah. I don't believe. My beloved, we know, don't we? That when God decides to move and accomplish his will in the world, oftentimes he uses inexplicable means. How do you explain it? How do you explain in, X chapter, in Exodus chapter 3, a bush that burns but doesn't burn up? How do you explain that? How do you explain in Numbers chapter 2, a prophet that is riding and, and walking alongside a donkey, and suddenly that donkey turns around and begins to prophesy to him? How do you explain it? How do you explain that it is through the folly of preachers that God desires to bring salvation? These things are inexplicable, beloved, and you don't fully explain them. You never can, and that's why the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 11 and verse 33, all oh, the depths of the riches of both the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways beyond explanation. God works and moves in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. He sets his footsteps in the sea, and he rides upon the storm because his ways are inexplicable. I run out of words. Hold for a thousand tongues to explain the ways of God in my life. You do understand, beloved, if you have a relationship with God that is easily and always explainable, you don't have a relationship with the almighty king of heaven. There must be a mystery to your faith. There must be inexplicable ways in which God has been working and moving in your life that as you give testimony to him, eventually you just say, I can't explain it. 
but I know what he has done. And me standing on this shore is evidence that God has done this. Me standing in this pulpit is evidence that God has done this. His, his memes are inexplicable, but they're not only inexplicable, his appointed memes are unforgettable, aren't they? This fish, this, this great fish, have you ever forgotten it the first time you heard it? All you have to do is tell the story of Jonah to a child one time, and they will never forget it. You don't forget that God appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. Because his appointed means are not only inexplicable, his appointed means are unforgettable. When God does it, beloved, you don't forget it. This is God's way of doing things. What he does, he wants his people to recall. And there are some things that we just don't recall, and therefore we have to be put in remembrance of these things. Jesus, as he instituted the, the Lord's Supper, he says, you do this in remembrance of me. Why? Because you're going to forget. You're going to forget. You do this in remembrance of me until I come, because there are going to be times in your life that you, have, that you forget that I have promised to come again. This is why Peter says in his epistle, 2 Peter, on at least two occasions, he tells them that it is my responsibility to put you in remembrance of these things. It is not hard for me, it is not a chore for me to remind you of those things that you will easily forget. But you do know, beloved, that there are some things that you just don't need to be reminded of because they are inexplicable. I don't have to remind you how many commandments there are. You know there's ten. I don't have to remind you how many plagues there were in Egypt. You know there were ten. I don't have to remind you that it was Noah who built the ark. You just don't forget that type of thing. I don't have to remind you that it was David who slew Goliath because you just don't forget that Thing. And I don't have to remind you that it was Jonah who was swallowed by a great fish because you just don't forget these wandering, wonderful, mighty, powerful movements of God. And God delights to move in your life, to rescue you, to redeem you, to save you. There is no doubt, beloved, who did it. fact, I was talking this week to a young man, and he was sharing with me his testimony. And I was just encouraged by how easily he recalled. And then he said, the only explanation I have for no longer being trapped in sin is that God took that sin away from me. I don't forget it. 
When God moves mightily in your life to change your life, to change your heart from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. When he opens your blinded eyes, when he transforms your wicked mind into a mind that seeks after him and righteousness, you don't forget it. So it is, the psalmist says in Psalm 130, verse 2, Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Can you imagine the psalmist getting up every morning, looking in the mirror, and what does he see? Looks in the mirror, and he remembers the grace of God, the mercy of God upon a rebellious sinner. Looks at his children and reminded of just how good and merciful and gracious God has been to him. Looks at his wife and reminds them, is reminded of how undeserving of mercy and goodness and grace he is and cannot forget the benefits and the blessings of God. As someone has rightly said, I never shall forget what the Lord has done for me. I remember the day, I remember the hour when he filled me with his holy power and I never shall forget, no, never shall forget what the Lord has done for me. When God moves, beloved, his ways are not just inexplicable, but his ways are unforgettable. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. Inexplicable, but unforgettable are the means of God. You not only see here the appointed means of God, you see the appointed times, don't you? God not only appointed the means, but he also appoints the times. As it says in Psalm 31 and verse 15, my times are in your hand. And indeed they are, beloved. For Jonah was swallowed by the fish because God appointed the fish. But Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights because God appointed the time. He not only appointed the means, but he appointed the times. Because our times are in his hands. Can you imagine Jonah down in that belly of the whale or the fish for one day, two days, and begin to cry out, oh, how long? How long? Three days and three nights might seem like a brief time, but if you are in the belly of a fish at the bottom of the ocean, that could seem like an eternity. How long, oh Lord? How long? You know what God is doing here? God he takes Jonah into the belly of that fish to the bottom of that sea for three days and three nights. God is once again confirming his appointment with Jonah. Told you you had appointment. Now you're going to sit here in the waiting room until I'm ready. And for three days and three nights, Jonah sat 
in the Lord's waiting room. And if you've ever been in a waiting room, and you know what it means to cry out, how long? How long, how long, O oh Lord, is the cry of those who have had to wait on the Lord? Psalm 13 and, and verse 1, David says, How long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Again, in Psalm 35 and, and verse 17, he cries, How long, O oh Lord, will you look on, rescue me from their destruction, my precious life from the lion? Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you not hear? Should be a reminder to us that these are not only God's appointed ends, I mean, God's appointed means, but these are God's appointed times. And the determining factor in how long you wait in the waiting room is God. It's God. God who determines the time. Promised Abraham that he would have a seed. And he waited in God's waiting room 25 years. God who appoints the time. It was Jacob who had to wait, had to wait 14 years to marry Rachel. It was God who appoints the time. It was Joseph who who languished in prison for three years for a crime that he didn't commit. Why? Because it's God who appoints the times in which you languish and wait in his waiting room. It was Moses who spent 40 years on the backside of the desert, outside of Egypt, because it's God who appoints the time. Beloved, like Jonah, it was Jesus who was in the grave three days and three nights because it is God who appoints the time. Do you know here is the miracle in it all? The miracle is not that Jonah was swallowed by the fish. The miracle is that while he was in the fish, he didn't see corruption. The miracle is that while he was in the fish for those three days and three nights, he was not allowed to see decay. He was not allowed to be overcome by the grave. As it says in Acts chapter 13 and 35, talking of Christ himself, who God ordained would go down into death, go down into the grave for three days and three nights. The Bible says that God determined and ordained that his Holy One would not see corruption. This is important for us, beloved, because it reminds us that you may go down into despair, 
and you may go down into the waiting room of God for an extended period of time. But however long he sends you down, he will not let you go out. It is his appointed time. It is his appointed waiting room. God will not allow you to be swallowed up even by death. And if you, like Jesus and like Jonah, he will not allow you to be consumed. This is a marvelous revelation to us this morning if you are saved because the Bible tells us that each of us has an appointment with God. Every human being upon the face of the earth has an appointment with God. In Hebrews chapter 29, it tells us that it has been appointed unto every person to die and then the judgment. There is an appointment coming for every human being. You are not going to get out of it, even if you think you're going to outrun it. Sooner or later, God's going to catch up with you and put you in his waiting room. For every person, there's an appointed time. You have an appointment with God to die and then the judgment. The only question at that time is will he allow you to be consumed? If you are in Christ, then you will be like Jonah. He will not allow you to be consumed. If you are in Christ, he will not allow death to overtake you and overcome you. If you are in Christ, then just as he raised Christ from the dead, so is the promise to you that you too will be raised from the dead. Oh, the Christian knows that there is an appointment with God. And the Christian doesn't run from it. The Christian welcomes the appointment with God because he or she knows that he is not going to allow death to overtake you. Our lives are in his hand. Our times are in his hands. And they are his appointed times according to his appointed means. And they bring about his appointed end. Sooner or later, God runs us all down. Sooner or later. Perhaps he's doing that today. Perhaps he is running you down this morning. Has appointed the the means of the proclamation of the gospel has appointed the time today that you would hear the message of salvation in Jesus Christ through the repentance of your sins and faith in him. Perhaps today is the means, today is the time. What will you do? Will you stop running? Will you today acknowledge that he is Lord. Will you today do what Jonah did when he finally came to an end of himself? 
Jonah prayed. Will you pray today? Because you know that's the end that God is bringing all of us, don't you know? It's the acknowledgement that he is God and you are not. That he is a sovereign and omnipotent one and you are not. That he is the Lord of all and you and I are not. Through the appointed means, at the appointed time, God brought Jonah to the appointed end. Jonah prayed. Jonah prayed. Beloved, the will of God will always get done. Always get done. Not yours. Not mine. God's will. And what is God's will? God's will is that men and women would pray. Oh, that men and women would pray. God brought Jonah to the end. And that is where God delights to bring all of us. says here that he prayed out of the depth. He prayed out of the depth. From the belly of the fish, he says. He prayed out of the belly of Sheol, he prayed. Jonah had fallen to the lowest of lows, to the lowest depths, even to the grave, it says. He had fallen to the depth of his sin. He had fallen and sunk to the depths of his disobedience. And out of the depths of his disobedience, Jonah cried. Jonah prayed. Out of the depths. Jeremy read it earlier. But you could have put the words on Jonah's mouth. Psalm 130. Beginning in verse 1. Out of the depths, so you can hear Jonah crying. Out of the depths I cried to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be Here is a beautiful reminder to us that there is no place too low out of which you can't cry out to God. There is no grave too dark out of which you cannot cry out to God. In fact, only when it is dark enough do you really begin to see the stars of his mercy and his grace. And you cry out, out of the depths. Sung it out of the depths. I cry to you, O Lord, please hear my call. Oh Lord, be merciful to me. At thy throne of grace I fall. If thou, O Lord, should mark iniquities, Lord, who, who could then draw near? But here I find forgiveness to thee, 
thou may be healed. Out of the Lord's heart of his sin and disagreement, Jonah cried out to God. He cried out from the depths, but he not only cried out from the depths, beloved, but those depths brought him to distress. And he cried out, out of his distress. I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Where was he? He was down in the depths of his disobedience, down in the depths of his sin. And while down there, he realized, and his heart was gripped by the distressing nature of the moment. came to understand the dire nature of his situation. You remember earlier in verse 6, the captain of the, of the boat comes to Jonah and says, Arise, sleeper, and call on your God. Arise and pray. And what does Jonah do? He doesn't pray. He doesn't pray. He didn't pray then. Oh, but he prayed now. He prayed now. Some of us don't pray until we have nothing else to do but pray. Well, that may not be ideal, but better late than never. If you don't remember to ever pray until distressing circumstances come, then at least pray then. In fact, isn't it remarkable that God, and amazing that God delights to answer late prayers? Why would he answer Jonah now? Why would he answer you? You didn't pray before. You didn't pray during, and now you've created a huge mess, and now all of a sudden you want to call on God. Isn't it amazing? And it is a testimony to his grace and goodness that he answers prayers that are way too late. And yet he answers them. He is moved to answer them. Someone has said, I'm too blessed to be stressed. Well, beloved, you need to understand that sometimes the blessing comes in the distressing. Because it is in the distressing that I learn to cry out to God. It is in God bringing me into distressing situations that I am reminded of my need and dependence upon him. And therefore, you find the blessing in the distressing. And so it is with Jonah. He didn't cry out when he was above the water. But when he gets below the water, into the belly of the fish, he cries out to his God. It's in the stressing that we do cry. Psalm 81 and verse 7. The psalmist says, in distress you called, God says, and I delivered you. In your distress you called, 
And God said, and I delivered you. Psalm 18, verse 6 says, In my distress I called upon the Lord. To my God I cried for help. In Psalm 120, in verse 1, In my distress I called to the Lord, and he answered me. That is an amazing reality. That even though you call on God late, it is never too late to call on God. If you have wind in your lungs and soundness in your mind and a beat in your heart, then you can call on God. Yes, you should have prayed yesterday, but <laughs> you can pray now. You can pray now. Yes, you should have repented yesterday, but still you can and should repent now. Yesterday it's gone, the songwriter says, and tomorrow may never be mine. But Lord, help me today. Show me the way to call upon you one day at a time. Today, today, show me the way, Lord. Show me to pray. Today. Yesterday is gone. It's gone. Whatever happened yesterday, it's, it's gone. Pray today. You're still here. It hasn't consumed you. If you're here this morning, it hasn't overtaken you. If you can hear what I'm saying, you're not dead. Call on him. Today. And find that he is merciful willing to forgive you of all your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness today. Don't worry about tomorrow. You call on the Lord today. You'll find that it will be well with your soul. Here is the amazing thing, beloved. And again, so many of these things are just so amazing. This blows the mind. It is not amazing. That sinners pray in distress. Hello? That's what they do. Someone has rightly said, there are no atheists in foxholes. No, no, no. When things get tight, when things get in distressing moments, everybody, everybody prays. Lord, have mercy. It is not amazing that sinners pray in distressing moments. What is amazing is that God delights to answer the prayers of these rebellious sinners. That's amazing. That's what he does. That's what he will do this morning. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, you have gone too far. It's okay. Things have become more distressing than they should. It's okay. Because the miracle of it all is not that you would pray, but God would delight to hear and that God would answer. That God would not allow us to perish in our disobedience should cause us to wonder every moment 
of every day. God doesn't allow Jonah to perish. Do you know what that fish was? That fish was the salvation of God. That's what it was. That's why you don't focus on that fish. You focus on God. There's a great fish. Yeah, that's because there is a great God. And he comes along and that fish swoops Jonah up and saves Jonah by the mighty power of the hand of God. And so you see that that fish there points us to the grace of God in Jesus Christ. How are you saved, Jonah? God sent a fish, swallowed me up, set me once again on dry land. How are you saved this morning, Christian? God sent Christ, <laughs> swallowed me up, set my feet once again on solid land. You know the soul that Jesus has leaned for repose. God says, I will not, I will not desert to its foe. The soul through all hell shall endeavor to shake. God says, I'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. Someone has said that God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Yeah, throw you down in the bottom of the ocean, let a fish swallow you up, keep you in the belly for three days and three nights and out in the midst of all the vomit and whatever else is down there, spit you back up on dry land and say, get back to preaching. If that's the way he loves me and the wonderful plan he has for my life, I can do without it. Until you understand. It is appointed means, it is appointed times to bring you to his appointed end when you realize your need for him. Oh, that men and women would pray. Let us pray.